Chapter Nine of the Randolphs by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: A Perplexed Evening. A summer evening, but a dark and rainy one. Maria was in the little sitting room, her work done for the day. She had just finished the last things, such as locking the kitchen door, drawing down the sitting room shades going on tiptoe to her father's room to see if everything was comfortable there and if he was sleeping quietly now she sat down in the little rocking chair and folded her hands and did what was a very uncommon thing for maria randolph to do gave a long-drawn weary sigh she felt unusually alone helen had gone over to the hotel it was where she often went that hotel was a real blessing to her despite her indignant protest over its projection. It took so much of the time that used to hang heavily, but it also left Maria much alone, not that that young woman imagined that she was any more comfortable with Helen's presence than in her absence, but for all that it was certainly more lonely to have her away. There was Grace to be sure, but Grace was often where she was at this moment, in the parlor entertaining young Alfred Parks, and as Maria thought of it, and heard their voices through the half-open door, it suddenly occurred to her for the first time that Alfred Parks was very fond of coming to chatter away the evenings with Grace. It was a thought that troubled her. It kept coming back and would not be dismissed, though she was angry with it, and tried hard to put it from her. "'It is natural enough,' she told herself impatiently, they are in the store together all day, and the poor fellow has no home, and few enough acquaintances, I dare say. Why shouldn't he like to have a pleasant room to spend his evenings in, and a nice girl to talk with? What talk! she continued in disgust, after a few moments, during which the voices in the parlor had waxed louder, and the merriment over something became extreme. What such stuff as that should be called conversation? I never heard such vapid nonsense in my life. How can Grace be so silly? This last, after an extremely foolish sentence from the young man, followed by a burst of laughter from Grace, interlarded with several giggling, Oh, Alf's, as if her amusement was so intense that she hardly knew how to express it. Maria sat upright, with glowing cheeks. I wish Grace was out of that store she said, speaking aloud in her earnestness. She is growing silly, and I never thought she was that. At this moment there came a quick, decisive rap on the kitchen door. Without a thought of hesitation or nervousness, Maria arose, shaded her lamp with her hand as she walked past the open window, and finally setting it down on the kitchen table, unbolted the door. Without invitation or permission, there walked in a tall girl or woman, in a torn dress and a faded shawl, and sat down in the chair by the table. Maria surveyed her coolly. If she had been a man, she would have trembled a little, but the idea of being afraid of a woman was absurd. Besides, she said to herself, going over the ground rapidly, there is that young simpleton in the parlor to appeal to, if she doesn't behave herself she will think he is a man. Well, she said, speaking aloud, that is rather a queer performance. What are you supposed to want? I wanted to come in, and I knew by bitter experience that if I asked permission I shouldn't get it, so I walked in without it. So I perceive. 
now that you are in what are you pleased to happen to want bread the voice was sharp and stern and the voice decisive bread repeated maria incredulously and what if instead of giving it to you i have you turned out of doors a visible shiver ran through the strange girl's frame but she answered in the same stern voice then at least i shall not have starved without making a last hard effort at something to eat the word struck sharply on maria's ear do you mean that you are actually starving she said and her hand was on the knob of the pantry door in a moment more the strange visitor was swallowing the dry bread with an eagerness that maria had never dreamed of where on earth have you been she asked at last that you are in that wild famished way what is the matter the matter is that i'm starving do you know how that feels where have i been everywhere wandering up and down your streets first for work and then for bread and i got neither only doors slammed in my face and answers as angry as if i had stolen instead of begged and the great mouthfuls of bread disappeared as she spoke maria stood staring at her as if she were perfectly transfixed with amazed curiosity where are you going to spend the night she asked suddenly at the poorhouse if i can get there it is three miles away i know it but i have walked three times that to-day it is the poorhouse or the street for me or maybe i can get taken to the station house as a vagrant if i wander around long enough or i might steal something i've had plenty of chances to-day and an awful temptation was there ever any talk more wild than this what was to be done with the poor forlorn half-crazy creature maria still stood looking at her feeling dreadfully perplexed if she only had some one with whom to advise and she looked wistfully toward the bedroom door how much she missed that sick father i might talk to those two simpletons in the parlor much they know about it she said scornfully still indignant over the talk she had overheard but there was no one else to consult so she went toward the parlor door taking in with a swift vision the fact that the parlor door was in the line with the chair where the poor creature was and she needn't lose sight of her she called grace and her companion to the door and in low tones explained before the sentence was concluded young parks raised his hands in horror and uttered an exclamation of disgust the wretched impostor why didn't you call on me to turn her out i wouldn't have listened to her lies for a minute here let me dispose of her and he made a movement as if to pass maria in the door dispose of yourself she said rudely i'll attend to the woman i have your advice and that is all and more than i need grace looked timid and confused and said nothing and maria shut the parlor door with a bang that she could not repress and went back to her guest i am going to let you stay here all night she began promptly i have had such excellent advice it has moved my heart i'm going to make up a bed for you on the floor out here and i'm going to lock you out so it will not be possible for you to do any mischief if you have any desire to and i don't believe you have the reply to this strange address was quite in keeping you're a queer girl the stranger said looking steadily at her would-be benefactor without an emotion of gratitude i heard every word your adviser said and i fully expected to be marched out 
I think the reason you haven't done it is because you hate to follow advice. But there may be another reason, and for curiosity's sake I should just like to know. Are you a Christian? Maria's cheek flushed. No, I am not, she said shortly. What is it to you? Nothing, except as I said, a matter of curiosity. I have heard of such a thing as Christianity, and I wanted to know whether it was any such motive that prompted you to show me the first bit of humanity I have seen in three days at least. Maria's thoughts went backward on swift wings. She had been in her brother's room at the hotel that afternoon, and while she stood before his table, setting it to rights, she had glanced up at a silent comforter hanging on the wall. This was the verse that met her eye, Give to them that asketh thee. Where is the particular comfort in that verse? She had asked Tom, and he, smiling, had answered, It is one of my by-laws, direct from the master's hand. It needs to be coupled with your motto, and the two together do good service. That verse had persistently stayed by her during the evening, and she was conscious of the fact that it had helped her to be prompt in bringing out her bread but she was by no means disposed to tell all this to a stranger, and indeed there wasn't time. "'I shall do no such thing,' that person said, speaking with energy, and rising as she spoke. "'I am not nearly so ready to die as I was when I came in. Bread is good yet, I find. Of course I am grateful to you, what fool would not be? But I shall not stay here to get you into trouble. Good-bye, and if it is any comfort to you to know it, you can think that you saved my life. But where will you go? said Maria, trying to stay her guest's steps. Wait, let me think. And a reference to the verse had reminded her of Tom. Will you go where I send you? she asked authoritatively. It's likely, the girl answered, in the same half-fierce tone that she had used during the interview. I haven't much to choose from, and besides, you have earned your right to give orders. Then Maria seized upon a torn envelope that lay on the table, and wrote on it thus. Dear Tom, here is a chance to experiment on your by-law. She needs it. I believe she is half crazy, but I wish you would treat her as if she were a friend of mine, for I come nearer to liking her than any girl I ever saw, almost. Maria. Then, with careful directions how to find the Randolph house, she lighted her visitor out. The bolt had just been pushed again when there came another knock, this time a somewhat timid one. "'My patience,' Maria said, standing irresolute. "'Another call. This begins to grow exciting. Perhaps I had better call that idiot from the parlour to protect me.' A peculiar snuffing sound from the person outside revealed his identity, and Maria promptly unbolted the door and admitted Dick Norton." he of course had come for his clothes she produced the neatly ironed little pile and as she did them up for him noticed the sad tired look on his homely face give to him that asketh floated through her mind there are different ways of asking for things dick's face certainly looked hungry for something perhaps it was a kind word dick she said cheerily you look as gloomy as an owl what is the matter I be gloomier than any owl that ever hooted, I do believe, Dick said forlornly, and there ain't nothing much the matter, neither, nothing more than common. Common things are rather dismal, then. 
is that what you mean she asked still speaking in a cheery tone and added if you'll sit down and tell me about some of them i'll mend that rip in your sleeve so you'll look more comfortable at this dick looked surprised and confused and grateful all in one but it ended in his pulling off his coat and sitting down on the edge of a chair while maria brought her work-box from the other room now what about the common things dick they are hateful enough i've found that out all my life which are the meanest of yours End of chapter 9